0: This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg. We will say hello to him in just a moment. And we're your fantasy coaches here to encourage and help you win while also finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing and encouraging and so thrilled to be back for another season of the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast presented by MetaShare. And we will join you You know, most weeks, especially during the offseason, we'll, we'll, we'll be with you uh, a bunch with some special episodes. And then throughout the regular season, each week, we will recap the previous week, do a preview of the upcoming week, and we're going to talk fantasy but we're also going to encourage you when it comes to faith and the faith journey that we're all on. And so our goal is to point one another toward Jesus and and to use fantasy concepts and relate them to the Bible and relate them to our own lives. And so we will do that here on the podcast, but we also have tons of content available For you as an individual fantasy GM, but also for your fantasy leagues and you can become a member. And so if you go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com, you'll have access to all of our content, the the faith-filled content, as well as a lot of our fantasy analysis and and some of our our fantasy suggestions and fantasy coaching as well. And and so we'll make all of that available to our, our members uh there's some free stuff up right now as well the podcast is free and so we appreciate you listening and and so hopefully uh throughout the year you'll want to meet with your league that's our that's our goal here at fantasy football fellowship so that word fellowship is is all about connecting with your league that's what we want to see and and so we encourage people to have league meetings and we provide the content for those league meetings Again, it's a fantasy concept that relates to the Bible, and we've got questions for you and challenges that, that you as a league can participate in throughout the season. And, and so, again, more information on fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Coming up on today's show, we will do one of those topics, and we're going to talk about hope, fantasy hope, as well as hope in life. And before we jump into the, the fantasy conversations where we're going to talk about a lot of the offseason moves, some of our reaction to the, the big questions and storylines heading into the fantasy season, we're, we're sort of in that offseason where now it's time for draft prep. It's reminding ourselves, okay, wait, what coaches are now taking over? What, what wide receivers were traded? Who signed where? We're refreshing our minds, and we're going to try to coach you in all of that and give you our thoughts and opinions. Uh, But I do want to thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. If you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MediShare today. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. My family, we've been a, a MediShare member for over six years and encourage you to check it out if you and your family are looking for a better option. And the best part is members on average save 50% or more on their healthcare costs. And so you can go to MediShare.com slash unpacking it. They've got different programs for every budget. And so if you're an individual, a parent, small business owner, you name it, they've got something that can be uniquely designed for you and your family. So MediShare.com slash unpacking it. All right. So, If you are new to Fantasy Football Fellowship, we are a part of Unpacking It Ministries, and so we encourage you to check out the the Unpacking It podcast as well, where we talk sports, faith, and life year-round. And here on this show, it's all about fantasy, life, and faith. And from a logistical standpoint, from a podcast standpoint, we encourage you to subscribe to the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast anywhere podcasts are found. So if you listen to Apple, go subscribe there, rate, review, share. We greatly appreciate that. For those of you that, that are already subscribed to the Unpacking It podcast and you saw this pop up in the feed, uh, we will do that throughout the offseason. And then once the regular season starts, we'll shift completely over to the, the Fantasy Football Fellowship feed only. So uh, so encourage you to subscribe to both. Uh, but make sure you do that, and, and that will be the differentiation. Uh, when the season officially begins. So episode one for the 2022 season is underway. Let's say hello to my partner, Harrison Zuckerberg. He is our other coach here at Fantasy Football Fellowship. Harrison, we're back again. How you doing? How, How fired up are you for another fantasy season?
1: I'm doing great, Bryce. I'm super excited for another fantasy season because this has to be the most wild offseason that I can remember in a long time. I don't remember so many fantasy stars being moved. It seems like every week there was a new star player going to a new team. I just want to get in and see how it all unfolds during the, you know, during training camp, during preseason. What does it all look like with these new stars on different teams and see what it actually does for fantasy teams in the fall.
0: It, it is remarkable to think about, you know, Top wide receivers, gone. Russell Wilson, one of the top quarterbacks over the years. A new place. And, and so where do we come out on all of that? How does it affect those players on the teams that they landed? How does it affect the teams that they left? And, and so we'll talk about some of that today and then throughout the, the rest of the offseason. But let, let's begin with really the, the first question that is always in, important this time of year. Who's the number one guy in fantasy? Because we're all entering the, the fantasy uh, lottery drafts or, or maybe, you know, you let the computer figure out who gets the number one pick and you're starting to figure out who, you know, where, where you land. But everyone wants to know who's the best guy this year. Who do you want? Who's number one? And, and so over the years, you know, Christian McCaffrey was always the guy that you drafted first overall. But now coming off a couple down years, where does he land? We saw guys like Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler really emerge last year. So, do you take one of those two guys? What about Derrick Henry, who was unbelievable before he got injured last year? Does he sneak up there? And then we've seen a shift toward wide receivers, more and more valuable. I know last year I had Cooper Cup, took me all the way to the championship game. So, does he now get into that conversation as a number one pick potentially? And would anybody dare? Take a tight end or a quarterback, number one, probably unlikely. Uh, But Harrison, at this point in the the offseason, who do you like, number one, if you had that number one pick?
1: For me, the number one pick right now has to be Jonathan Taylor. I know people are tempted with Christian McCaffrey. They're tempted with Derrick Henry. But if you're looking at those top three running backs of Taylor, McCaffrey, and Henry, Taylor was the only one who wasn't injured last year. And, you know, that should probably scare some fantasy owners off, not to have, you know, McCaffrey or Henry drop all the way down your boards, but I'd much rather go with the guy who's a workhorse. He's in a good offense in Indianapolis, getting a QB upgrade in Matt Ryan, and he's durable. He hasn't been injured so far in his career, unlike McCaffrey, unlike Henry. And while Cooper Cup definitely is interesting, running backs are still king, in my opinion, fantasy football. I can definitely get on board taking Cup maybe with the fourth or fifth you know, picking your draft, but number one, I think you still have to go running back, and for me, that's Jonathan Taylor.
0: So I would say one through eight, one through nine, all running backs. I, I, if I if I have any of those positions, I'm taking a running back, and and honestly, I'm, I'm probably even if I have the 14th pick, I'm taking a running back because I, I get nervous once you drop down into that next tier of running backs. I have to to leave that first round. With a running back, even if it's if if it is the 14th ranked guy on my board, I, I still have to secure a a true RB one. Um in my main league, we have 14 teams, but uh, I know a lot of people play in 12 man leagues. But as far as the number one overall pick, I, I'm in agreement with you with with Jonathan Taylor, but I'm giving strong consideration to Austin Eckler because what I love about him is he puts up big numbers, passing, rushing. And it doesn't take as many touches as other guys. So there are a lot of weapons with the Chargers. They're going to be a high powered offense this year. And you could maybe talk yourself out of it. Well, you know, they got to feed Keenan, uh, Keenan Allen. They got to feed Mike Williams. And, and the list goes on. But Austin Eckler is a key point, a key member, the, the, the most important member of that offense, other than and, than Herbert. And they're going to find ways to get him involved and get into the end zone. That's what I love about him, too is he found the end zone one way or the other and was very reliable. So I, I would be very comfortable really taking Eckler or Jonathan Taylor one. And, and, and McCaffrey's not far off. I have to believe that he's now healthier than he's ever been. And I'm not ruling out what he was able to do a couple of years ago, getting to that level again. Uh, he, he still has those skills. He's still young enough. And the Panthers need him in a big way. There's no question about that. So some of the other, uh, you know, kind of questions heading into uh, kind of the offseason and, and the first look at the, at the upcoming season, who's the, the number one quarterback this year? And, you know, does, does someone like Josh Allen keep things going? He, he's been a league winner for, for many people in the last two years uh, with how strong he's been you know Aaron Rodgers the league MVP loses his top wide receiver so where does that leave him Lamar Jackson in a contract dispute trying to trying to get him locked up long term so as far as QB1 this year who are you targeting and and how early are you willing to take a quarterback
1: So I'm not really targeting any early quarterbacks this year because like most years, I think this is a year where you can get a lot of values in guys who have slid down the boards because there's been so many question marks at the QB position with different receivers leaving, you know, guys going to new teams. I think there's a lot of value to be had later in drafts, but my number one guy would have to be Josh Allen because we've seen him do it before. And pretty much nothing has changed from a skill position standpoint around him. I mean, it's gotten better if you want to look at some of the additions they've made, like Jamison Crowder and James Cook in the draft. And OJ Howard is a nice second tight end for them. And you compare that to guys to Mike Mahomes. He lost Tyreek Hill. You compare that to Aaron Rodgers losing Devontae Adams. The only other quarterback who I think could surprise people and maybe sneak their way up into that number one QB status, though, would be Justin Herbert under the Chargers he because he he's got Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. They've added a few more pieces on the offense as well. I think he could really make a run at that number one QB spot, but really I'm still waiting till the end of my drafts to take a QB that I will hope will break out.
0: We'll, we'll talk more about the depth of the quarterback position and guys to target late throughout the show and throughout the, the rest of the offseason, but I, I'm not real thrilled taking a guy – Second, third round. I, I I'm not doing it. I, I may look at the fourth round if somebody in one of my drafts happened to slip there and and I like the value there, but I'm not I'm not reaching to get a guy. I, I think there's so much value late. And so I'm in agreement with you, Harrison. And and I do like Justin Herbert as a potential QB one in fantasy by by the end of the season, uh, of those kind of guys with with potential. I'd even put Dak Prescott as sort of a surprising upper echelon QB potentially you might be able to get him at a little bit of a discount this year. Uh, there's probably not as much buzz around him. So he, he's someone that, that has potential to, to surprise people as a, a top three guy. Dare I say it? I I'm hesitant to say it, but I, I, I there's an inkling there that I, I could see that happening. So there you go. All right. The, the other big question at tight end. Uh, We'll we'll talk more uh, wide receivers, but the number one tight end and with Tyreek Hill leaving, does that open the door for Travis Kelsey to be even more valuable? We know how valuable he's been for the last, I don't know, six years. Uh, It's been like, oh yeah, lock him in. Number one tight end. I want him. Every once in a while he's injured, but very rarely. Uh, He's been very reliable over the course of his career not only health-wise, but production-wise. And so do you see this as an advantage for Travis Kelsey or now even more attention is on him with Tyreek Hill gone? Tyreek Hill no longer kind of extends the field and, and pulls maybe the safety back. Uh, so where do you come out on that?
1: I think it's kind of a wash both ways because one way you look at it, he is going to get every single target on this team at least early on until Patrick Mahomes grows more comfortable with all the new wide receiver additions that they have. He's going to be the guy that Patrick Mahomes trusts. Now, maybe they will be triple teaming him because he's getting so much attention. I still think the volume that is going to increase because of Tyree Kill's departure is enough for him to still finish as the tight end one. I don't know if I would take him in the first round like I'm seeing in some mock drafts. I think second, like early second round, if you're at that turn right there at the end of your first round, early second round is a good spot for him. But there's also a lot of tight ends, one who I'll talk about later in the show. I know you'll talk about another tight end you like as well, who are going maybe that third to fourth round that, hey, if I can get one great running back and then two great receivers or two running backs and then take a tight end, in the fourth or fifth round that could be, you know, compete for that number one spot or finishes the tight end too. I think that's really attractive as well.
0: So I'm a little concerned with the tight end position. I haven't seen a lot of development where it's a loaded group and, and I, I'm, I'm a tight end guy. I keep my eye on it, but I, the, the elite tight ends, I mean, it's like Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey. I, I can't even put Kittle in there at the moment. Um, so to me, it's still uh, K- Kelsey is as reliable as anybody. So the the value there, the drop off to me is significant from from that tier one to to especially to tier three. I mean, I, it's like. Astronomical, the, the difference. I'm, I'm, just not, I'm just not confident in as many tight ends as I would like to be, or or maybe even that I have been over the years, uh, which gives me a little bit more emphasis on on Kelsey. So there you go. There's some of the, the kind of the bigger storylines, the, the the big questions that we have uh, at this moment. And we'll we'll get into specifically some of these key players that went to a new place and if we like their value more or less with the new situation. And so we'll hear from Harrison in just a moment on that. Uh, But right now, I want to jump into this week's encouraging fantasy word. And we're going to take a look at two kinds of hope. And we know heading into the season, we're all filled with hope. As fantasy GMs, we're hopeful that this is the year we're going to win. And if we won last year, we're hopeful that we're going to win again. We're hopeful that our number 1 pick, our first round pick is going to live up to the hype. We're we're hopeful that our top, you know, all of our picks are they're not going to get injured. We're we're hopeful that they're going to be healthy. We're we're hopeful that the new coach in Denver, Minnesota, Houston is going to make a difference this year. And then, you know, even in the NFL, there's a lot of hope as well where they're hopeful that the guys that were injured last year they're going to be healthy this year. The rookies that they drafted are going to exceed expectations and be contributors right away. And and so we're we're filled with with hope. The the hope that we're going to land the right sleepers. We we're, we're, we're going to hit on the the uh the boom players, right? The surprise players that 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 end up being league winners. So that's the kind of hope that we have, and you know, we we have hope that we're gonna win every matchup and pick up the best waiver wire guys, and the list goes on. Now, the definition of hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen, and so that would translate to football and fantasy, and and many of us, as as we what we do here on Fantasy Football Fellowship, is take fantasy concepts, relate them to our own lives, and relate them to the Bible. And and so many of us may have hope that we're going to get a new job, hope that we're going to get a raise, ho- hope that we're going to either get healthy or stay healthy. We hope that we're going to avoid the Rona that has reared its ugly head again. Um, we hope that that we can sell our house. We we hope that we can graduate college. We, we hope to have a baby. We hope to get married. Um, we hope to raise good kids, all, all those types of things. And so we all have desires for certain things to happen in our lives, but we also realize there's no guarantee. And so although we want to be filled with hope each day about our fantasy team and about our life, instead of being you know discouraged or negative, we want to be hopeful and positive. There's a difference between hope that is attached to a desire and hope that's attached to a promise. And, and so I don't think there's anything you know, wrong with being hopeful, you know, having, having hope with desires. But my encouragement for us today is to look at the biblical description of hope in the New Testament because it isn't based on a feeling or expectation, but rather it's a certainty in something that is not yet realized. It's not just a desire, but deep confidence that it will happen. This hope is rooted in Jesus and attached to the promises of God that are laid out throughout Scripture. The promises that many of them have already been fulfilled. We look back at our life, we can see the faithfulness of God. We see the promises that, that He has come through on and continues to come through on. And that's what drives our hope. And so in Romans 5.2, this is the Amplified Version, it says, through Him, through God, we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace I said, through Jesus. Through Jesus, we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. So that's the hope we have. Through Jesus, when we surrender our lives to Jesus, put our our faith in Jesus, we have this kind of hope that is described right here. And the footnote uh, for that verse in the New Testament, it it says the word hope expresses a cherished desire along with the confident assurance of obtaining that which is longed for. And, And so it goes way beyond just a desire but it's the confident assurance of obtaining that which is longed for. And, and so we we have the hope uh, that and the confident assurance that we will experience and enjoy the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. And, and so, of course, we, we hope for things to happen here on earth, but when we receive Christ, we know we've been given salvation, eternal life, and access to, to the God of the universe. So the hope we now have is a confident assurance for our soul. And because of that, we rest in knowing that even when we don't get the job or the improved health, we still cling to God's promises. That again are all throughout the scripture. Romans 12:12 uh gives us these encouraging words. Constantly rejoicing in hope because of our confidence in Christ. Hebrews 6:18-19 So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. So he is faithful and trustworthy and our hope is in him and him alone. And then it goes on to say, uh, therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Let that soak in. That's what our our anchor is in him. Our hope is in him. Our faith is in him. And so there, there are no promises in fantasy football. We can hope all day long, but there are no promises in fantasy football. But God's word is filled with promises. And so today let's place our hope in the one who is worthy to be trusted and so let's, uh, let's, let's go all in all of our hope, uh, in him today. So there you go. That's the, uh, the encouragement, little fantasy, uh, talk with, uh, a faith spin. And, and I hope that, uh, you'll even go read this again. It's on our website, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. And, and so you can look up those scriptures and and memorize some of those scriptures. And, and I hope that this will be an ongoing encouragement to you as you, uh, find your hope in in Jesus today. So, let's welcome back uh Harrison and we'll shift gears and and go back to some of these players that have gone to different teams this off season and and so we're going to kind of do a little old faces in new places and determine if they if we think they will score more or less points than they did last year. More or less fantasy points than last year. And and so I'll I'll ask you, Harrison, Tyreek Hill goes from Kansas City to Miami. Patrick Mahomes to Tua. Sounds like Hill's all excited. He's all he's already been downplaying Mahomes. Uh but he was wide receiver six last year with 296 points higher or lower this year. So
1: I think he's going to finish lower than he did last year. I still think he's going to have a great season But you look at what this team wants to do, and I think it's very obvious. Even though they traded for Tyreek Hill, they want to run the ball. Mike McDaniels comes over from the San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shanahan scheme, which loves to run the ball, where he was the offensive coordinator and run game coordinator. And then he signs three running backs in free agency. So that tells you they want to run the ball Two was not going to be throwing it all over the field like a lot of people might think. And now Hill has to come in and compete with Gasecki and Waddle for targets, and they signed Cedric Wilson as well.
0: I, I just Wilson. don't
1: see the path for him to have that super high target volume and get those downfield 80 yard bombs that he was getting with Patrick Mahomes. Still think he'll go solid, but he definitely will not be a top 10 wide receiver this year, in my opinion. Ooh, all right. I'm even
0: willing to say he'll be he'll be worse than that. I, I'm not in on Tyreek Hill. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Boomer bust guys. That's more of a philosophy for me, and, and I find him to be that, where he'll have unbelievable games and then he'll disappear. Imagine in Miami with Tua. Are you kidding me? It's it's going to get ugly. It's it, He won't be worth the price of, of where you have to draft him because people will still buy into what he previously did. So I, I'm in agreement for the most part with you, but I would even take it a step further. So go ahead.
1: All right, I'll ask you one now. Devontae Adams, the other big receiver that was moved from Green Bay to Las Vegas, he finishes the wide receiver two last year behind Cooper Cup with 344 points. Do you think he finishes higher or lower than that mark?
0: So I'm going to say lower. However, I I am all in on the Las Vegas Raiders this year, and I am targeting Raiders players in my drafts. I want Adams. I want Hunter Renfro. I especially want Derek Carr and I want Darren Waller and because I think you can get Darren. Actually, speaking of tight ends, I think you can get Darren Waller for a steal. But I, I believe Carr will spread the ball around, especially between those three guys and Carr will be the one with the big season and Adams is still going to be solid. So he'll still be a top 10 wide receiver. Um, I'm not sure he'll be number one or two, but I but I think he'll be he'll love that he he doesn't have to carry the whole offense. You know, Aaron Rodgers, it, it didn't spread it around as much. It was all in on, on Adams. I I I think Hunter Renfro is underrated. And, and even heading into this season after his huge year last year, he's still underrated. Uh so I like the overall weapons of the Raiders. And so he'll he'll be slightly less, but he'll still probably be in that at five range so not not much of a drop off just a hair all right how about your boy Allen robinson who leaves the bears so you're a bears fan uh for those uh just listening to the show but he goes from the bears to the rams he was an abysmal wide receiver 81 last year that can't be right 87 points that doesn't even uh, are you kidding me last year so i imagine it's higher how much higher will it be
1: I think it's a lot higher. I truly believe that Allen Robinson could finish as a top 25 wide receiver this year when it's all said and done. Now, a lot of things went wrong for him in Chicago last year. Bad offense, rookie quarterback, dealt with some injuries, didn't really want to be there on the franchise tag. But a lot's going to go right for him in L.A. this year. Much better offense that he's moving into. Even if you think that he is completely washed, We saw Odell Beckham, who people also thought was completely washed, have a great second half of the season last year with the Rams. They paid him a pretty hefty contract to come in there and be their number two. They haven't re-signed anyone else to compete with him for that number two spot. I really think there's going to be a lot of value to Allen Robinson in that wide receiver two role in LA.
0: Huge bounce back year. As much as I loved Cooper Cup last year, I think he's too pricey to get this year. I like where I can get Allen Robinson. So I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there as well.
1: All right, so you, you asked me about A.J. Brown. Okay, so A.J. Brown, draft night, trade, huge deal. Tennessee to Philadelphia, he was the wide receiver 32 last year with 181 points. Do you think he will be higher or lower with Jalen Hurts and company this season?
0: A.J. Brown disappointed me greatly last year in Tennessee but I am thrilled for the opportunity he has in Philly. I'm, I'm, I'm actually another team I'm all in on is the Eagles. I love this offense. I wasn't as as big on Jalen Hurts heading into last year, but this year I am, and especially A.J. Brown. And and the idea that I, th- I still think at this point people are, are overlooking him. They're not viewing him as a top five, even a top ten receiver. Uh, I've been doing some mock drafts, and I like where I can get him. And and so, I think he'll he'll have a much better year in in Philly. Of course, his health is key. But man, look at that body! He's a huge stud. I mean, this this is like the the kind of wide receiver I want. Big body. I mean, it takes three four guys to bring him down. So I, I think uh,
1: I think he's gonna have a monster year there. Right. I love I love the comparison too between Devontae Smith, who looks like he weighs like 120 right. pounds, to then AJ Brown, who's just a monster human being next to each other in the wide receiver court. It's just hilarious to me.
0: It's pretty much you and I. I'm AJ Brown, you're Devonta Smith. So uh so there you go. Um all right, so we'll talk a little quarterbacks and how about how about I ask you about Russell Wilson? Because I want to talk about Matt Ryan. So Russell Wilson goes to Denver. And last year was a weird year for, for Seattle, for Wilson, QB 15, 243 points. How much better is he going to be in Denver?
1: So it's interesting because Russell Wilson has these stretches for four games. Where he'll throw three touchdowns a game and look like he's the MVP. And then the next four weeks after that, he'll throw three touchdowns total and he'll kill your fantasy team. I think, though, in Denver, he has a great opportunity to finish as a top 10 QB this year with all the receiving weapons they had. I mean, you add the running back room as well with both Melvin Gordon and Williams there. They've got some good tight ends, great defense. Plus, they are going to be in a division with a lot of other high-powered offenses. So those, set, those games that they are Oof. playing Kansas City and they're playing uh, Las Vegas and they're playing Los Angeles, he's going to have to be throwing the ball a lot. I'd like him to have a big season this year in Denver. Yes. It's uh,
0: the big thing for me is I think he's going to be great and put up huge points. Am I willing to pay the price for him? That that's where I'm not. So I, I, because the hype and the excitement around Wilson, it might be too much. So we'll, we'll, we'll see as we we get closer with, uh, you know, kind of how the rest of the fantasy community feels about him. But, but I'm, I'm, my feeling is it's going to be too much for me.
1: So the other big quarterback swap, you hinted at Matt Ryan going from Atlanta to Indianapolis, finished as the QB 19 last year in Atlanta. Do you think he'll be higher and lower than that?
0: Oh, baby. Big year for Matt Ryan. I love this offense. You know, the Colts last year, Carson Wentz was atrocious. And I like Carson Wentz. I was all in on Carson Wentz going to the Colts. I kept believing in Carson Wentz. He cost me a fantasy championship because I believed in him. And so now I'm shifting that that love that I had for Wentz to Matt Ryan because this is such an opportunity in Indy. The team is there. The team is in place. The offensive line, the running game, the young wide receivers. you got Michael Pittman. You've got Paris Campbell who's supposed to be coming back healthy and now you have a reliable Matt Ryan. Now, he's never been a monster fantasy guy, but he has been better than you think a lot of years. He's been steady, and, and where you can get him in drafts, I absolutely love it. You could almost even draft him as a QB, too, but I believe he'll crack the top 14 QBs this year. I'm willing to go that that high for him, and, and so he's going to throw some touchdowns. You know, Jonathan Taylor will... We'll move the, you know, get the first downs, move the ball up and down the field. And at times they're, they're going to have to rely on Matt Ryan. He can handle it. He's ready to go. So uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about this this move for him and the Colts.
1: I, I would totally agree with you there. And one interesting note that I found out, because you were just talking about how terrible Carson Wentz was. And I agree, he was really bad. Carson Wentz finished as the QB 13 last year in fantasy. So fringe QB 1. And if Carson Wentz can do that with Indianapolis, there's no reason why Matt Ryan can't finish that high or higher as well with this offense.
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad you put that in perspective because I'm still burned because he let me down in the fantasy playoffs. But you're right. I mean, over the, over the course of the year, yeah, he still, he still had some decent games, uh, which is why I kept, okay, come on. Come on, Wentz. Come on, Wentz. Um, so he... Matt Ryan steps into a really good situation. No, no question about it. All right, so there you go. There's some old faces in, in new places. And, and and so I think for the most part, we feel like everybody's going to be better other than Tyree Kill. I think Tyree Kill is the only one that we think uh, will have lower production in his new home. And, and so we're going to wrap up the show today talking about guys we're targeting in every draft. And so we'll each share three different guys that we're most excited about and in upcoming podcasts we'll, we'll share even more. Uh, but, but I'll, I'll, we'll give kind of a one wide receiver, one quarterback, one tight end and, and, and go from there. So let me, let me start, uh, actually I'll just continue on my Colts train. So let me go wide receiver. So I think Michael Pittman will be the beneficiary of Matt Ryan being there. And, and what Pittman did last year, uh, overachieving and and even having a, a pretty good connection with Carson Wentz and carrying that, that passing game, um, I think he's, he's going to just get even better. Uh, he got a little banged up last year, but he'll be even better this year. So I am targeting Michael Pittman in all of my drafts. He is my keeper in my my one main league, and and he's absolutely a top 15 wide receiver. I was actually arguing with my brother at the pool yesterday or on Sunday uh, we were you know going back and forth, and I'm saying, no, 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 no. Michael Pittman is top 15. He's top 15. You got, you got to believe it. He didn't believe me, but, uh, but I'm all in. So who's a wide receiver uh, that you're you're targeting in every draft?
1: So one wide receiver that I'm looking at is T. Higgins. So he kind of flew under the radar a little bit because Jamar Chase was just exceptional last year. But Higgins was good as a rookie, and he was still good last year too. And I think he can be even better because he's still growing as a wide receiver. He's still really young. You know, he was the wide receiver 24 last year and only scored six touchdowns. I think we all expect the Bengals to continue to be a high-powered offense this year. If he gets up to double-digit touchdowns and, you know, is the 1B to Jamar Chase's 1A, I still think he can really finish as a top 15 wide receiver, just like you said with Michael Pittman. And every single year, we always see one team have two receivers in the top 12 in fantasy. I think the Bengals are going to be that team this year, and I think you can get T. Higgins as a steal for a guy who might finish within the top twelve.
0: See, I think the Bengals are going to be one of those hyped teams in fantasy where everybody's going to want to gobble them up, and and I, I think you're going to have to pay a pay a price. So, you if you think T. Higgins can be a steal, that'd be interesting. That'd be surprising to me, um, just because you know the team that made the Super Bowl or lost in the Super Bowl, they're on people's radar even more so. Uh, But do they have the Super Bowl hangover? You always got to think about that, too. And the Bengals surprised everybody last year. They haven't proven to be a sustainable offense just yet. Um, So to me, there's some question marks there. But uh, we know the talent. We know that they got a million weapons. It's unbelievable. But um, I'm just a little hesitant with the Bengals this year. All right. The running back I'm targeting in every draft is A.J. Dillon. And I really liked him. Last year, probably even the year before, and I've been patient. I've been waiting for him to really pop. And he started to last year, when Aaron Jones was out, he was given more of an opportunity. This year, with Devontae Adams gone, this this Green Bay team is gonna be even more of a running back heavy team. And I think AJ Dillon will get even more opportunities. He's gonna be the touchdown machine. He's gonna guy gonna be the guy that gets into the end zone. Aaron Jones is still good and he's going to be a part of that, that, that offense. No question about it. Uh, but I think there's room for both. And I just think that Dylan, he's efficient. He's such a strong runner. I, I trust him from a health standpoint, just the way that he's built. Again, I guess I, I like guys that are built, right? So AJ Brown, my guy at wide receiver, AJ Dylan's my guy at, at running back. So, uh, so give me the, the guy with the calves, and uh, the, the, the guy that I can, I can rely on down the stretch in, in games. I think Green Bay will rely on him down the stretch in games, down the stretch in the regular season, which means for me in the fantasy playoffs and, and throughout the fantasy season. Who, who else you, uh you target in every draft?
1: So one running back that is really surprising me that I'm going after this year because I've stayed away from him for the last two years is Saquon Barkley. And I know that name is just Ooh. toxic for fantasy football owners, but hear me out. He's fully recovered now from this injury that he had two years ago, the ACL tear. It's a two-year injury to recover both physically and mentally from. I think he's back this season from it. And the Giants, yes, they're going to be a really bad team this year. I'm not saying they're going to be good, but they don't need to be good for Saquon to be good. Brian Dayball, no. their, their new head coach, Brian Dayball, He's coached three really bad football teams before, before the Bills. Take a time with machine with me, back to the 2010 Browns, the 2011 Dolphins, and the 2012 Chiefs. All those teams were really bad, and he was the offensive coordinator for all of them. But the running back for those teams were Peyton Hillis, Reggie Bush, and Jamal Charles. And the average output for those three guys was 257 carries, 46 receptions, almost 1,600 all-purpose yards and nine TDs. So if he can make Peyton Hillis good in his offense, Saquon is at another level of athlete than Peyton Hillis. I think Saquon can really have a bounce-back year this year in the Giants offense and surprise a lot of people, and he is going to fall late in your drafts because no one wants to take the guy that's been terrible for the last two years. If you can get him as your RB2 or 3, I really think he has RB1 upside.
0: It's worth it. It's worth taking as an RB2. I'm in agreement with you. So, uh, yeah, strong, strong take there. I keep going back and forth on the Giants. I, I still don't believe in Daniel Jones. I just can't get there. But I'm intrigued by a talent like Kenny Galladay. And, and we already know what Saquon Barkley can do. So, if Dayball can somehow pull it out of these guys, they've got some talented players. And, you know, Daniel Jones was a top 10 pick. So, there's something there. Can, he, can Dayball figure it out? I'm intrigued by the possibility. I'm not like 100% sold, but at the right price, I I could be convinced. All right, I got one more guy for you. I'll I'll give you, uh, let's see. I'm going to give you another wide receiver. So this was actually last year. You convinced me to go get Brandon Cooks, and you were right on. And I am now going to remain on that bandwagon because, let's face it, nobody wants to draft anybody from the Houston Texans but Brandon cooks was awesome last year. He has now topped 1000 yards in six of the last seven seasons. So last year, 90 catches and he's, you know, the number one guy in Houston and, you know, somebody has got to catch passes. They're they're always going to be down in games. Davis mills. Wasn't that bad as a rookie. He comes into his second season. He's a little overlooked and, 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 you convinced me of this too. I always thought Brandon Cooks, ah, he's an injured guy. Like he's always, he's always injured. That's that's a, a false narrative. That's not that's not really the case. He's actually out on the field and and having him on my team last year. I could count on him week in, week out. And and it was it was tremendous. So I'm uh I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Brandon Cooks as much as I can. All right, Harrison, last guy. Give it to us.
1: All right. So you mentioned AJ Dillon before, and I agree that he's gonna have a great season for the Packers. But I think Aaron Jones is going to be just as exceptional as he was before and even better this year. And that's because the Packers lost all of their receiving targets in <laughs> Devontae Adams. And right now the best receiver on the team, in my opinion, is Aaron Jones. We're hearing mm. a lot of reports out of training camp that they want to use him in the slot, and I think he could really become that sort of hybrid you know, slot receiver, running back flex player like Austin Eckler, who had great success last year. And the path for him to still be amazing with A.J. Dillon is touchdowns and its receptions. Now, in the eight games that he has played without Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones has averaged 23 fantasy points per game, 4.5 receptions per game, and 1.25 touchdowns per game. So I think Rodgers really trusts him more than you know all the other rookie receivers or Sammy Watkins or the guys that they brought in. And I don't think he needs the rushing work to be great because he finished as the RB 11 last year with AJ Dillon having more carries than he did. I think the receiving work's going to go up. I think he's still going to get double digit touchdowns. And I think he's going to fall a little bit in drafts because, you know, AJ Dillon is, is just much bigger than him and much more physically imposing. And that's the guy you want on your fantasy lineup. But I think he's going to still finish as a top 15 running back this year and maybe even sneak into the top 10.
0: We we've seen it over the years. The Browns have have had two unbelievable running backs. I remember I'm a Panthers fan, D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart. So the, these types of seasons are are possible if if you truly have that type of talent at the running back position and a commitment to the run game. And we know the Packers, uh, LaFleur, Matt LaFleur, he likes to run the ball. So and Aaron Rodgers, you know, he, he likes winning those MVPs, but I think at this point it's it's more about the the Super Bowl and what's best for the team. And you look across the the field and it's like, I mean, I'm okay with Alan Lazard, but if that's your number one guy. That's tough. It's tough. Robert Tunyon. Is he come back healthy at tight end? So they're, they're, they're scrapping. So they look, you know, Aaron Rodgers looks behind and he goes, Oh wow. I got AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Yeah. I'm going to find a, find a way to get those guys the ball. So I'm, I'm with you, man. It's going to be, it's going to be fun, uh, fun to see both those guys shine this year. All right, well, there you go. Episode one for the 2022 season. Great stuff from, from Harrison. And coming up on the next episode, uh, what am I, Dr. Dre? Um, we're going to uh, look at the teams that we like. And so kind of we've mentioned a couple of those today, but there are two surprise teams that we're actually jumping on the bandwagon for from a fantasy perspective. We're not sure if they're, they're going to win many games this year. But we like what they the potential that they have at multiple positions. And so we'll share that with you on the next episode. And then also the we'll play a little ADP game. So where guys are being drafted and where we can find some steals. And, and then also some of the initial rankings that are out. Who's overrated, who's underrated. So join us on the next episode next week. But appreciate you listening today. And again, we find our hope in Jesus. Not in fantasy football, that's for sure. But uh, but as we're filled with hope this fantasy season, uh, let, let's ultimately find find our hope in Jesus. And be sure to check out fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Become a member today. Gain access to all of our content that you can use for league meetings throughout the entire season. So check it out. Videos, uh, devotionals, and all of our, our content right there uh, on fantasyfootballfellowship.com. For Harrison, I'm Bryce. I'm a fantasy GM who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as fantasy GMs together. So let's, uh, let's live this life together. Let's go through the season together as we follow Jesus. So thanks so much for being with us right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MediShare.